Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Country Not Country, a Radio.com podcast. Here are your hosts, Aaron Austin and Nick Russo. Welcome back to Country Not Country, Aaron. This is episode 29. Yes, we are surviving. I always feel like at this moment I'm supposed to say something witty and I'm like, all I end up doing is like, yes! Or clapping. This is great, yeah. Or second guessing whether or not it's actually episode 29. Right, exactly. But yeah, it is episode 29 and Britney Spears has reacted to our podcast once again. Uh, you know what? I don't believe you, but um, I guess we'll talk about that. Yeah, I like I said, I, I've loosely believed she's replying, but Technically, she kept up her end of the bargain by another plea of mine, so we'll go over that. Okay. Plus, a country artist had a 10-pound baby. You know what? That is something that, I mean, has always been a big fear of mine because my family produced big babies, and I thought, if I ever have children, are they going to be the size of a bowling ball? But well, this know. child was, and we'll find <laughs> out which country artist brought that to the world. Also, you had an uh, interesting development in your relationship world. Well, yeah. I mean, since the, the me, well, losing my job, um, I've, yeah, I've had an interesting development there. Okay, so we'll I talk. I don't even, yeah, I don't even know what to say. So, so. that's a pretty good foreshadowing. I'm sure people can kind of uh, grasp what's about to happen. <laughs> and then during, dating during the pandemic clearly is tough because I also had quite the experience a couple weeks ago. So I'm ready now to share. I mean, you always have good stories. And it's like, how do you find yourself in this situation? I'm not really sure sometimes. I'm pretty sure this one involves wiretapping. So. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, we'll get to the bottom of it first. Let's talk about Britney Spears. So the last time. We were talking about her reacting to the podcast. I said, Brittany, I know you're listening, so if you are, show us some sort of sign about Project Rose and give me some development on this, and then if I feel like she's replying to us, then I'll continue to promote it for her, right? Okay. And so she did. Her like Immediately after we posted the podcast, shortly after, she gave some insight to Project Rose, which honestly, it just sounds like it's a concept in her head. It doesn't. I don't know that there's a actual music to come with it just yet. Okay. Because she didn't play any snippets of the songs. You know, you would think that if she's working on an album and she's going to... Or gonna... maybe she's just trying to build up the hype so much and get people talking, so she's trying to be super mysterious. Yo, know, there's definitely an air to that. There's definitely an air of mysteriousness coming across, but she... Is she, she still posting the same picture 18 times? No, but she is referencing when she posted... When she took the video or took the picture before she posted. Okay. So she is being... So I was Googling before we started today about the conservatorship with her dad, mm -hmm. and apparently she won uh, the whatever it is they were trying to win, and, and so her dad, or the lawyer for her dad, has now countered the win, and she wants all of the conservatorship details open to the public. Mm -hmm. 
and the dad's lawyer is saying, no, we can't do that. We're not going to do that. Cause I they'd... would love to, I mean, I would love to know, is she on an allowance? How much she, because I feel like that came out before, how much money she gets and what she spends on her clothes every month and security. And, and, and how much she, time she spends with her kids. Yeah. There was a lot of, I think there's a lot of personal life uh, hurdles or life challenges that are, that are in her life because of this conservatorship. That's what I'm gathering. <sighs> yeah, that sounds messy. Very messy. And, and I, I I don't know, Brittany, I, I hope you're good. And the other reason that I thought that she uh, <laughs> was replying to us was because she had a whole video dedicated to how she danced in Vegas, if you will. And we told I told the story about seeing her in Vegas last week, too. Oh, God. Are you serious? Hey, I'm telling you, Aaron, there's lots of connections. How much time do you spend on Britney Spears' Instagram page? Not I'm very serious. much, honestly. I mean, really? Yeah, Are I, you sure? I mean, I have a responsibility to keep up with it now that we're talking about her in the podcast. <laughs> now, apparently, this is going to be an every episode thing that we're going to talk about. Well, Brittany. until Project Rose comes out. You think, oh, man, I feel like talking about Britney Spears now in our podcast has turned into, like, coronavirus. Like, that's all we are talking about anymore is freaking Britney Spears. Well, no offense she... to Britney, you're not coronavirus, but you know what I'm saying. You gather the correlation. Well, yeah, that, that was, I didn't, I didn't anticipate it taking this turn when I first brought it up in the conversation. It was just, it was just something that was non-country to talk about, and then she had to start replying to the podcast. Okay, can we move yeah. on? Let's talk about that ten-pound baby. Okay, so Russell Dickerson and his wife Kaylee, who I feel like I'm good friends with. Is okay, that, is it, well, <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Well, All no, right, like I feel like I Are got to know besties? them a little bit. You guys text each other? Well, no, but my phone is part of their life. Oh, yeah. How? Okay, so when Russell Dickerson came to Kima two years ago, yeah. uh, Kaylee, his wife, was trying to film it, his performance on her phone, and her phone died. Well, I was recording it on my phone, and she grabbed my phone out of my hand and recorded. I stopped the recording and began recording what she needed to record and then had me send her the video. Oh, afterwards. interesting. Okay. And I, you know, I, I'm glad that I was introduced to Kaylee ahead of time, or else this would have just been a random chick grabbing my phone and running <laughs> and off. And you're you know like, what, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So you know, the so I feel like they're my friends. And I don't know if that's if that's, if that's okay <laughs> to say. I feel like that's a little presumptuous, but you know, definitely you lent a helping hand when necessary. For sure. So, yes. And, and Russell Dickerson is a really tall dude. Yeah. So okay, ten pounds. By the way, I it's funny we are talking about this because I feel like. When I was still on the air, I was talking about his wife being pregnant and we were on baby watch. I felt like she was pregnant forever, you know, and then she has the baby on the day I get let go. So <laughs> maybe y'all were the ones that were super connected. <laughs> so she had the baby on the day I let go and I let go and I totally just um, totally missed it until I was scrolling through Instagram when I finally wanted to look at stuff. And I was like, oh, well, there's that. OK, well, congratulations. The baby finally arrived. But yeah, like 10 pounds. My family He's very tall. Like, I think he's six what? three. Okay. Kaylee's not short either. She's a tall woman. Yeah. So, my family is known for, you know, giving and birthing 10 pound babies. My dad was over 10 pounds, and both of my brothers were over 10 pounds. I, on the other hand, was eight pounds, 15 ounces. So, I was almost a nine pound baby. And my mom is relatively my size. You know, like she's. I'm 5'4", so when she got pregnant with me, she was my size before she had all these giant children. And um, so I was <laughs> looking back, my mom would always say, 
Oh, I used to have a body like you, Aaron, until I had you. And then, yeah. So then you guys ruined my body. And I was thinking, hmm, maybe this is one reason why I don't want to have children because you're making it sound so appetizing. Uh, so, yeah. Were you the youngest or the, or I'm the, the oldest? I'm the oldest, yeah. So, technically. I apparently ruined my mother's body. I don't think so. I think you made room for two 10-pound babies. <laughs> I just stretched it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You maybe just leave my big... mom should thank me and send me a card. I don't know. But... Well, you, you leave big shoes to fill. <laughs> right. So, yeah, the whole 10-pound that's a lot. That makes me hurt. So oh. the baby's name is Remington Edward Dickerson, which is the long line of names. So Russell, R-E-D is like Russell's initials, his dad's initials, and maybe his grandfather's initials also. Okay. I was thinking about the only relation I have to that is King Nick Russo, K-N-R, and then Catherine is Catherine Nicole. K-N-R has become oh. like my initial lineage. Okay, well, that also brings up a question. Would you, I mean, you're a dude, but... Women that get married to men that they have to, have to, have to name their child a certain thing. You know what I mean? Like, could you ever do that? Yeah, I, th- I guess I so. Mean, I mean, I, I know that with, with Catherine, I, I always believe that my baby's mom named her Catherine Nicole. Like, that was like, it was a tribute to me somehow. Nicole was Nick. It was the okay, carrying yeah. on of who her dad was. Okay, because I know a girl that married this guy. They had a kid. And they had to name it like he had to be the third or fourth or whatever. They had to keep that name in line. And it's or like kind of like Cheetah here in town, you know, the from, Cheetah Craft. Yeah, she's named her. Her name is Cheetah. Her mom's name is Cheetah. And I think she named her daughter Cheetah. So, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if that's like, uh, I don't know if I could do that because, yeah, I don't know if I could. I'd be in if on I, it. Had to have to name my child a certain something. I, I, I think that once I got that deep into it, I, I, I generally have a pretty large respect for lineage and history in that respect. Yeah. So if someone like, because if I, I had the idea, if I had a son, I'd want to name him Rocco Antonio Russo. Which oh, that's is, hilarious. Yeah. Well, I, I remember dating a guy and he wanted to name a kid, a boy Rocco, I think. So I had a great uncle whose name was Rocco. Okay. And so I thought it would be cool to keep you know, to bring back the name mm-hmm. and also as a big fan of Rocky. So okay. it all kind of worked together. Yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, I never had this overwhelming desire to have children. However, at, at two points in my life, I did come up with names. And when I was really young, and I say really young, meaning like middle school, and I was like, if I ever have kids someday, uh, and I had three daughters, they're, <laughs> this is so stupid, but they were going to be named Portia, Mercedes and Lexus. So dumb. Yeah. Okay, Aaron. <laughs> and then when I was older, I wanted to name uh, children after my grandparents. So, like, my grandmother's maiden name was Monroe, and I thought that would be a good name for a girl. And well, the then, first three actually sounds like they would grow up to be strippers. <laughs> for sure. Depending on the last name, it would be totally stripper names. But, yeah, I, I mean, that's a that's a 12-year-old thought for you. And so Remington, I think that's a good name. It's not too Hollywood. It's kind of cool. Yeah, to me it has it has some legacy behind it. It sounds like a legacy name. Like yeah. Remington Edward. It sounds like it should be like a king of England or something one yeah, day. Yeah, for sure. And there's got to be some powerful – I would love to know the, the full background. on. Right. But also, it spells red, Remington. Uh-huh. By the way, I loved when I said what I'd name my child, at, you know, in middle school. And I said, Portia, Lexus, and Mercedes, your face was like, what the hell? Oh. <laughs> that's the that's the look you gave me, by yeah. the way. I, I didn't expect that from you, Aaron. I didn't um, expect that. Sorry. You know what? Eh. 
we we live and learn and grow and yeah, all that good stuff. Since we were talking about relationships, mm. um, you kind of uh, hinted at what could happen in the last episode as you were going through the the whole situation about what the day brought. Um, and all right, yeah. So, okay, obviously, last episode, I had just lost my job, and I was worried about the guy I was dating, like, and I think I even said, oh, I wonder if he's ever going to find me attractive anymore now that I don't have a job. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, he still will. Well, here's what happened. <laughs> so, um, so it was that Thursday. He was out of town. I text him, let him know. He, I talked to him a little bit. Um, I end up have he. I have to pick him up at the airport on Saturday, and it was fine. Like everything was good. Like it, it was comfortable. Nothing. It seemed like I hadn't even lost my job. Not even a big deal. So, um, I had talked a little bit about people that had reached out so far and you know how I felt lost and I don't really know what I'm what my plan of action is but I'll figure it out well and I did tell him that some jobs had reached out so and they were outside of Houston outside of Houston so I don't know if that got his wheels spinning but you know the next morning he leaves goes and does his own thing I don't see him that Sunday uh talk to him a little bit but at the end of the night, he had gone and had dinner with a friend. And and it was like 10.30 or something when he called me and kind of just like laid it out there. And he was like, I think you need to go and, you know, in your future plans, I don't think you need to put me into the equation. Um, and I'm like, okay. And he's like, I mean, you're a radio personality. It's not just what you do for a living. It's who you are. And I just feel like you need to go find your whatever, find what makes you happy and just take me out of the equation. So I was like, "Are you, so are you breaking up with me right now? And he's like, oh, uh, uh, like, I just don't know. It's just a lot of pressure saying how since we had only been dating a month that uh, me losing my job was too much pressure and he didn't want to have to, I don't know if it's like he didn't want to have to worry about um, well, I mean, I wasn't asking for any assistance. You know, I guess I just thought, hey, things are going good. I'm going to figure this out, and if I'll cross that bridge when we get there. If I have to move and you, we need a breakup or whatever, but I was just thinking he would be there and be supportive, and he just removed himself. Yeah, and, and I, I've told you this before about it. You know, I, I can understand what he's saying because at the end of the day, this is a reevaluation time for you in that respect. Like, you are trying to figure out what your next move is. It may include Houston. It may not. You don't know. Like, I, nobody knows. Nobody and and knows. I would I would venture to say that in this situation, you need as much certainty as you can get, right, and whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, and I think having a relationship that's leveled in uncertainty is not a good thing to have. Yeah, and I and that's a thing. Like, part of me thought, oh, are you freaking kidding me? Like, you literally kicked me while I'm down. It's a Luke Combs song. Yeah, and and then but I... But I don't think he was trying to kick you while you were down. I think I, he was actually trying to help you because he feels like he may have hurt hurt you by being there. Like, not, not being there for you. By making you consider anything regarding him while deciding what's best for you would be unfair to you. No, and I get that. It's just... You know, you you meet people and 
and finding somebody that you have a connection with or that you like, it's a that's not easy either, you know. So no matter the situation, me finding a job isn't going to be easy, and me finding somebody isn't easy. And the one part seemed to be going, oh, you know, pretty well. But you the know? reality and, was it only been like four or five weeks. Yeah. And but then you start. I'll be honest. Everyone's like, "Oh, you guys weren't even dating that long, so you know, what are you even worried about?" But it's like at the same time, I thought things were going well and clicking, and I'm like, "Man, this is a little bit different than I've felt in the past." And then I start now. I second guess myself. I second guess was any of that real? Um, was I imagining how he? was responding to me and how he was acting towards me. Was that all fake? Well, that sounds like the Maddie and Tay song where like, how, like, uh, how could it be really real if he doesn't love me? Like I loved him. Right. That's what she says. And, and, and love is a strong word in this case, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I I was digging what was happening, you know? And and I think that you have to continue, you have to continue to respect what happened and you can't attach what's happening now to that because that would devalue the experience you had in a blissful place. And you don't want to devalue that because it's real and you enjoyed it. So going back to try to rehash that and make it bad now doesn't do you any favors. No, that's true. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I tend to do that to myself where I then second guess everything that was good. Where did you meet him? Um, I, well, on a, on a dating app on Hinge. There you go. I'm telling you, girl. I'm telling you, it's it's the. Uh... But technically, I that's where the 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 final, the final place. Originally, he had friended me on Facebook out of nowhere, and no I was mutual like, friends. We had some mutual friends, um, and I remember how. He, what, wait, wait, what was the time differential? But this is all new information to me. What, <laughs> so, what was the time differential from Hinge to the friend request? Oh, okay. So, friend request happened first, and that happened. Several, several months before. I'm pretty sure several months before. And I remember seeing his profile, and I'm like, who is this guy? Why is he friend requesting me? And I looked up our mutual friends, one of them who I, you know, adore. And um, and I was like, well, he doesn't seem like a bad dude. I'm hell. I'm singles Pringles. So let's, you know, yeah, I'll accept you. And then there was the follow on Instagram. Maybe I saw him pop. What? Now, I think I followed him because I was like, oh. And you know how it uh, suggests you. Suggests. I was like, all right, I'll follow you. You know, so I think I gave him the follow. And then maybe a couple weeks or a month later, he popped up on Hinge. And I was like, oh, look at that. And I think it maybe said just joined or some shit. And um, so I looked. Fresh meat. That's what that means. (laughs) Well, you know, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I think I saw something that he said that I liked and I gave him a, a little heart, you know, for one of his comments. I never liked pictures. I never would like pictures. I always liked something they had to say. So, yeah, and then we met up and went on a five-hour date and there you have it. Well, you know, so I realized something else we're going to talk about in the podcast, the Social Dilemma Show that we oh uh, yeah i've been wanting to tell you about that so and, and it relates to exactly what you were just saying with oh he added me on facebook and then i saw him as a suggested follow on instagram mm-hmm. and then he showed up in my hinge yeah so according to social dilemma that's not a coincidence oh that, yeah i was like oh this is destiny no i'm just kidding but you know like 
I mean, I didn't know him from Adam, and, and especially with a Facebook request. I was like, oh, he knows this friend of mine. Well, hmm, okay. Well, doesn't seem like a bad dude. All right. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and all in all, I don't... I don't I, even know how he found me, though. I'm not... I don't know unhinged. if I came... No. I well, if you had mutual friends, and he likely you likely showed up in people he may know. Okay. Facebook trying I mean, to tell us it was meant to be, at least only for a month. Well, well, well according to the social dilemma, <laughs> they could care less about where it went. All they wanted... Was because, us to connect? Yes, because the more you connect and the more time you spend on the screen, the higher value you are to the tech company in which application you're using what's the final verdict did i date a jerk or am i like did i just find myself in a pickle of life it's just a pickle of life like it's just the way it goes like i I, it's go it's okay i think it's more important for you to worry about how you're going to advance your life Mm -hmm. without somebody attached to it than it is to find someone to be with right now like you know no i know i I, and i do know that's more important i was like damn could this girl just get can I get a break once in a while? Like, I mean, now I got to find a job and then eventually somebody like, what the hell? Well, it's not like you've just, just at least you don't have a complete drought of dating. Well, now I will because let's be honest. When you think like that. No, I'm going to have a complete drought uh, until I find a job. And then whatever happens, if I stay here, okay, fine. But if I leave, Oh, hell, then I have to, like, move to a new town and be like, hey, I just moved here. Does anybody want to date me? Like, Well, no, just get I'm- on one of the dating apps and you'll be the new fresh meat. <laughs> yeah, God, such a See, dick. It's just cir- <laughs> circle of life, Aaron. Oh, God. Now you're the new one. I just, oh, I just would, like, the universe cut me, cut me a break. Something. Like- well, I'll tell you, like, the tweet I sent out the other day that um, God has to remove something significant from your life to put in something else in its place that's even more significant so well and i will say over the weekend i mean i people can make fun of me if they want but i do like joel osteen's uh services and sermons and this weekend the one that was on was so spot on and i'm gonna have to go and watch it again because i recorded it but um it was about the about your destiny and you know, taking those things out of your life that you need to remove so you can f- get to your, what God's plan is for you. And it's like, and, and where we get comfortable. Well, take no mistake about it. That was God giving you a sign that everything's going to be okay. Like in my life, I've always taken signs like that, particularly right after I got let go. I, I had I, in the last two instances when I was let go, I had immediate signs that I would say were from God that said, Hey, you got, I got you. You're going to yeah. make this. And so I mean, I and I want to believe you're right. It's just like I said in the the last podcast. We well, got to change. You got to change that sentence. Don't say I want to believe you're right. Say <laughs> I believe you're right. I believe you're right. Uh, but I I do. I I'm very impatient, and we've talked about this before. I'm very impatient, and so right now it does make me wonder, like, how long am I going to be sitting out before I give up on that and just, you know, it's like. You know, we we all know people that have had to take jobs just to pay their bills. And I would, I want to believe that my next opportunity isn't one where I'm just going to have to take to pay the bills. I would like it to mean something. Um, so and that's uh, why I think you should totally figure out a way to find a way to work for yourself, also, because you you have the you have the capability of doing it. I think you just got to get creative and come up with it.
And and that's and that's where like I mean you've been act you've been super active. You made your website. You yeah. you've you've put together some best of tapes and a resume and uh, you know and you've got all that there. So I mean your website looked awesome. And oh, um and I think that there's a I think you have the capability of even syndicating your own afternoon show type of thing. Like I don't see why that's out of the question. You know I, I believe you have. You just got to repackage your skills, what you have. And like we said at lunch, you know, there's an idea of working for someone or working for yourself. And and you're at a crossroads where if you put the, put together the right material and the right sort of thing, you could probably create something to work for yourself. Because hmm. the Internet is a vast Internet. And if you get in, all you need is some – you just need a few people to tap in. And if you have tons of content for them, they're going to flood you. You know, that, that, that's been yeah. – to me, that's the new way of make, making yourself on the Internet, so to speak. Like there's a rapper named Russ – and I followed him for the past couple of years. I didn't find out his, about his music until about four or five years after he started. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually erupted. Well, when his fans came to him this just recently, they went and found this huge catalog of his. And he had hundreds of songs. Well, all those songs began making him money oh. because they were already there. So mm-hmm. when he finally tripped the audience and they, 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 they come flooding down the mountain to hear his music... When they get to the bottom, they got a village of all kinds of music they can hear from him, and so he had this library of content, and so that's why I think you know, to your you know, you're talking about your blog, you know, and you how many blogs you have. You've written a book. I, I you have the content. Granted, it's grammatically incorrect, <laughs> like a son of a bitch, but yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying, I I believe you can you can turn that into something, and you will. Yeah. You just gotta you know just be patient. The answers will reveal themselves. Okay. All right. Now let's go on to your story. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up next on Country Not Country. I get in my car, start to reverse out, and I hear on my window. First thought, did I hit a kid? Second thought, (laughs) oh no, it's that dude. And I look, I can see it's him. And I just say, this dude's trying to get run over. And I just drive off. And she's like, was that him? I go, yeah, he, you know, he just tapped on my window. She's like, oh, my gosh, you can drop me off here. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to take you home. Mm-hmm. Like, he's acting, I believe, you know. I mean, that's kind of crazy. He's kind, Yeah, he's acting a little weird, so I want to make sure you're okay and you get home safely. I'm not just going to leave you there, even if, even if he is fine. Welcome to Country Not Country, a Radio.com podcast. Here are your hosts, Aaron Austin and Nick Russo. Are you ready for this? Okay. So, is, do I know this story? I believe so. Okay. This is well, about. Like, okay. This happened on the Kentucky Derby night, the day of the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Re- so, let's, um, let's I'm good re- friends with all the folks out at Sam Houston Race Park. And by the way, I was invited to ride camels when they do the camel racing pretty soon. Oh, I always wanted to do that. I might be able to get you in. I'll see. <laughs> like, I, I'm in deep now. Former radio host. <laughs> hey, you never know. No, radio syndicated host. You never know. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, I, I needed a date. 
and there's a gal that I'd gone out with before on a date and I met her in a workplace and we were, we were cool. Like I, I, so when I first met her, I was seeing somebody, so I didn't want to mislead her and, and, and believing that I wanted to be honest. I, I'm, I'm, it's just, this is probably why I don't have much of a dating life is cause I'm too honest and I, and I'm okay with that. I'll fall on that sword. I told her, I was like, look, I've been seeing someone. I don't know if it's going to work out or not. We're actually having some trouble right now, but because I don't want to be dishonest, I'm telling you the truth. And if things fall apart here, the way they appear to be, then I will be more than happy for us to meet again and go out to dinner and, and get to know each other. Right? I mean, I, I don't know why that would be a bad thing for you to do. I would, I would rather have a guy tell me that than like, oh, yeah, here, text me. And then like you start this texting relationship on the down low. Yeah, I'm not into that. I'm yeah. not into the texting relationships at all or the Snapchat relationships or anything oh, like that. God, that's so anyway, so, she, uh, so time has gone by. Obviously, pandemic has played its role. I've spent a lot of time being single. And <laughs> a I, lot of time alone. In a lot of time the, alone. <laughs> during this pandemic. So yeah. I had the invitation to go to Sam Houston Race Park for Derby Day. There was no live racing, but it's still they were still having something. Mm -hmm. And there were still a lot of people there. I was actually impressed with the, the turnout. And it wasn't anything like normal Derby Day, but anyway. So I, I had two passes. So I reached out to my friend, invited her to go. She lives in the neighborhood. She was down. She was she was she was excited. Got a nice dress and I you know, wore a nice outfit, tie, coat, nice shoes, everything. The food at Sam Houston Race Park is great, but mm -hmm. I, I thought it would be more it'd be more comfortable for us to have a dinner. So I figured we'd have a drink there. Oh, you mean you wanted to have an actual date? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and this was like a, a kind of a social type environment. We could have a drink or two mm -hmm. and then go have dinner and call tonight. You know? Um, and so after you know, Kentucky Derby went great. Everything went great. Awesome. Incredible time. We we go to dinner and dinner's great. We're having a good talk. We both had a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. Dinner's winding down. We're both pretty much finished with our plate. And her phone is going off, like, nonstop ringing. And her, she's got, I believe she had a watch, and the watch was going off also. Oh, God. And so she felt like she was just getting bombarded by messages. Well, it was her baby's dad. Oh, well, hell. Yeah, and prior to that, I, I was curious about the situation with her daughter's dad, you know. And so she told me that, that the relationship is healthy and it's good. Right. There's and so that is who was blowing up her phone. So she's she apologizes and says, I need to take this real quick. Something might be wrong. So she picks up the phone and I can tell by the vibe that something is not is not right. I don't know what it is, but then she hangs up and she's like, So my baby's dad is outside. Oh and, god. And I'm like, and mind you, I'm sitting in front of the window to the outside. And I go, as in right behind me? She's like, Yeah. I was like, well, I'm not going to turn around. So I told her, you know, because I don't want to make this weird. But if you need to go outside to talk to him, you can, you know, go. So ahead. he's like staring at the back of your head. I believe so, or at least, at least from a few feet outside that window, he was, or he was staring at her, one or the other. You could right. see us both through the window. So whatever he was doing, he was outside staring in the window, and so I, I didn't know what to do. I just kind of sat there, and she went outside to talk to him and make good, I guess. And I waited about. 10 minutes and that's when I text you because <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, you know, I don't, this is my situation. Do I go outside? Do I pay the bill? Do I leave? What do I do? And so under suggestion, ironically from the guy we just talked about in your situation, <laughs> know, right? he says it's time to leave. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, it's been 10 minutes. We're done with our meals. It's time to leave. Yeah. So I go ahead and I pack up and I pay the bill and put on my jacket and prepare to see what happens. So I watch the front door. Oh, God. She's coming inside. Looks like she's been crying, like tears might be in her eyes, right? And she smiles to fight it off and kind of give the uh, 
Um, I'm, I'm okay. okay. Yeah. You know, what's, are we ready to leave? I'm like, yeah, we can go. Let's get out of here. So I, we start walking to my car, and I see him walk away when I first walked out the door. So I knew which direction he went and what he looked like. But I looked around, and I didn't see him, so we continued to walk to my car. When we got to my car, I opened her car door. She got in and shut the door. I saw behind me there was a family starting to walk, so I knew I had to be careful reversing out. I get in my car, start to reverse out, and I hear on my window. First thought, did I hit a kid? Second thought, <laughs> oh, no, it's that dude. And I look, right. and I can see it's him. And I just say, this dude's trying to get run over. And I just drive off. And she's like, was that him? I go, yeah, he, you know, he just tapped on my window. She's like, oh, my gosh, you can drop me off here. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to take you home. Mm-hmm. Like, he's acting, I believe, you know. I mean, that's kind of crazy. He's kind, Yeah, he's acting a little weird. So I want to make sure you're okay and you get home safely. I'm not just going to leave you there. Even if, even if he is fine, I, I, I was taking responsibility for her at that time. So I take her home. I hop on 249, and now he's following us. So, oh, God. Yeah, and so I'm like, I exit too early, not on purpose, but after I realize I exit too early, I realize I'm going to mess with him because now he has followed me down the ramp. I'm like, so I do a U-turn. He follows me. I get back on the road. I do another exit, <laughs> and, I, and I probably drove around for like 15 minutes just wasting his time. And so she lived on a cul-de-sac. I pulled in to where she could walk to the car, walk to her house without being interrupted, and so when she got just about to the door, I pulled off and he hauled ass up and then hopped out of the car to talk or whatever. Like, you know? what the hell? Yeah. And honestly, I, she texted me afterwards and hoped everything was good. My thought was, is this, is she going to be okay? Because, I mean, I hate putting this out in the universe, but how many times do you hear of these domestic violence situations and, and you know, the guy is jealous because she's moving on with her life and whatever, and then ends up doing something terrible i can i mean we've heard that story on the news a million times and like and that's what actually it actually concerned me because he hopped out of the truck really fast and ran towards her door and i didn't see him come back out meaning that i thought he got in Mm -hmm. and if that was the case i know that their daughter was there so i didn't want in my mind i had a i had a decision to make whether or not i was going to intervene i chose not to and i just just chose to leave I, you know, she had, she told me that these, this kind of situation wasn't completely out of the ordinary, so to speak, you know, that, but so my thought is a, he, so either a, he just was on a hunch that she would be in that shopping center cause it's close to her house or B, I thought maybe that the phone, the phone, cause like if let's say I have your email address, like your iCloud account yeah. and it's logged into my iPad I can see all your messages and everything you text and tweet and anything you post. Well, and uh, or my your you location. Can, yeah, your location. I mean, yeah, she I, may be sharing her location with him as a as a precautionary method for the daughter, and so he utilizes that to try and be close to her. I guess you know, I, I don't know what happened, but I can't have you. No one can sort of like, vibe, yeah. you know. And then I felt bad because I don't hold it against her. Honestly, I, you know, I would still talk to her. I'd still be open to. You know, talking to her, I'm her friend still, but it does make it a little weird. Like, I definitely, I believe that he has tapped her phones, right? My belief is that he already knew that there was a date coming up, which explains why his over-the-top behavior, like this overwhelming desire to introduce himself to me, so to speak, you know? like he, that is, Yeah, that's just like really, I mean, if he were, well, first of all, you drove, right? So how did he he would have had to know exactly where she was or maybe saw her walk. But at the same time, you guys had just finished your meal and he starts blowing up her phone. Yeah. So it's like, was I he mean, waiting till we were done eating? 
No, oh, nice. no, or did he look finally look and see where she was and like, oh hell, she's at that restaurant. Uh, uh. You know what I mean? I, I, I can't. She, he, he had to. I don't. I feel like he had to have known. I don't feel like that was coincidence and that he just happened to stumble upon seeing you two sitting in a window eating a nice fish dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, there's no way that just randomly ha- – like, yeah. that the universe just put us in that situation. Yeah, like he's walking by and like, wait a second. That's what I'm saying. He had, yeah. to, ha- he had to have some sort of inside information yeah. in order to be there. I, uh, that's my feeling is that he had to have known. Maybe he just knew her location. That that That's less sinister than uh, tapping her phone and seeing her text messages, yeah. I think. So let's talk about the social dilemma. Okay. Have you yeah. watched it yet? No. You told me I need to watch it, and I, well, I also told the the dude I was dating, oh, Nick says we need to watch that. And he was like, okay, sounds great. Yeah, but yeah, we never, the, never uh, watched it. I'll, I'll we, just, we, it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix, and essentially it's the people who started the monetization of Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google, Gmail. Like, they were the ones who were in the production of those apps in the early stages, and there's there's two parts of it. Either A, you could be, what what's the big deal that they know what apps we're on or how long we use them? Mm-hmm. Well, we think, how does a tech company make money off of advertising? Well, how do they determine how much money the ads are worth? By how long each user spends on the app. So the goal of the app is to keep us and keep our attention on the app as long as possible. So how do they do that? They know everything about you because we allow them to see where we go when we go what time we wake up who our friends are who our friends are on facebook right each app knows who you're connected to oh my god okay yeah i'm going down the wormhole right now and that's what they want you to do Mm -hmm. so the wormhole that you explained earlier was oh he sent me a random friend request yeah right well it wasn't random you were in his people you may know why because facebook knew that if they showed him someone who he had mutual friends with a y a b c d e f g there's a high likelihood he's going to attach to that profile what does that do that engages these two profiles what does that do it stimulates the amount of traffic that these two people will entertain with each other what else do they have in common they both have dating apps attached to their profile oh we have this information oh then they're probably great let's go ahead and suggest her or suggest him on instagram to her oh yeah look made the connection again Double down on the connection. All right. Oh, Hinge, another connection. And now you have these three deep connections to each other where through these apps, you are constantly. So what does that do? It increases your value as an individual to the tech company on the app you're using. Hmm. Your feed is not determined by what you're interested in. Your feed is determined by what the computer server believes you will most likely click on. You see the difference? Yeah. It's not about and And so the catch is that. Okay, so what's the big deal? It doesn't matter. We're still going to use the app. We're still going to share our information. What's the sinister part? What's the problem? Well, the problem is that they're taking advantage of the psychological vulnerability of our mind. While our mind is, our brain is a a complex structure, synapses connect, all the different segments fire with each other. You can subconsciously, consciously tell yourself, but there's still still blind spots to our psyche. Mm -hmm. It's similar to if you're coming around the corner and and I don't, and you don't see me, and I jump out and scare you. I'm taking advantage of a physical time and brain vulnerability of yours. The fact that you cannot see around that corner, I'm taking advantage of it to scare you. Okay. So the same thing happens in the social media world when it comes to our own vulnerabilities. They know they they have a basically every time you get a notification, whether it's your phone pinging for a text message or you know they know that that creates dopamine. Well, that dopamine hit is something we want. So we keep going back to it to try to get the dopamine. And so how do you do it? You keep on going in and in and in to get more. Well, what happens to our young people in the social media world? So you have a girl that that posts a picture of herself 
she doesn't get very many likes, while the girl she doesn't like in the other class posts almost the same exact picture but gets 100 likes. Well, how does that? How does Been that, there. Okay. But how does yeah. that? But how does that? What does that do to their psychology? Psycho, psyche. It, it makes them feel like they're inferior when they're not. Right. There's no reason to believe you're inferior. But that young lady is going to believe that. So what does she do? She adds a filter. So what does the filter do? Oh, now she gets 100 likes because she used the filter. Oh, well, that means that a filtered version of her real self means that she'll get more attention that way. Mm -hmm. So what happens then? So then you start altering things about yourself to try and create more value. Well, then whenever you're flat on your face and you have none of that, you have no value because you've put it all into this. So what is the result of that? Suicide is up over 125% in young girls ages 10 to 14. Damn. 10 to 14. 10-year-old girls are thinking about taking their life because of what is – and that's the other thing this, this Social Dilemma episode says or show says is that the common denominator in all those cases was social media. That those that social media, what it does to us psychologically by how we value ourselves deteriorates it. Well, and I was going to add on to that. I think bullying has probably gotten worse because of it. So – Add the social media combined with the bullying. I mean, it's because I, I don't know about you. Were you ever bullied as a kid? Yeah, but I, I use humor and my and my voice and talking to get away from it. Okay. I, I can't say that I what elementary school picked on middle school, maybe a little bit high school. Not so much. Um, I always tried to be everybody's friend. So even though I wasn't the most popular kid in school, I always I was friends with the most popular girl Maybe in school. Maybe the w most well-known person. The what? Maybe the most well-known. Yeah, yeah, because I would talk to everybody, and I would talk to the kids that, you know, would sit in class and had no friends. Same and, here. That's what. That's probably yeah. what we have a lot in common, Aaron. Yeah. So, I, you know, there was always this one kid, and I'll never forget him. He kind of reminded me of my brother, but, um, yeah, I would always just talk to him. I was friends with a foreign exchange student, so, like, I just there was tried this, to be nice to everybody. There was this young guy named or as a young guy, we were both young kids, sixth grade, he was new to school, his name was Michael Diasis, and I walked up to him, and I sat with him at lunch, he didn't have anybody to sit with, and I remember I told him I would be his friend, or something like that, mm -hmm. and he always held on to that, he was yeah. always like, man, Nick, you, you were the first one to ever come up and be my friend, like, I remember that, like, I was his first friend when he moved to a new school. Yeah, and like, yeah, so, I, like, I imagine now, bullying, and people being nasty, I mean, people are nasty, so, so the, so, super nasty So, going even further there, I've talked to a couple parents who have daughters who have gone through this already. And so they've talked about how their daughter was starting to starting self-harm at like 15 or 16 years old. Mm -hmm. and they had no idea. Why? Because she was in her room, falling down the dark hole by herself all the time, never reaching out for anyone for help. Because God. they, because it only exists on the screen. It only exists in that social media world. So it makes no sense to tell mom. You sound like an idiot when you tell mom, oh, well, the girl didn't like my picture, da, 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 whatever it is. You know what I mean? But like, you know what's so funny? That sounds so juvenile, but how many times as an adult? I mean, yes, I know I found myself that's like. That's the problem. I, isn't that like. That, we can't even handle it and we're fucking grown adults. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like I just thought of that now. Like you're talking about a 12-year-old girl. She's like, oh, my God, so-and-so didn't like my picture. And I just think. I think I might have done that the other day. Imagine, <laughs> you know what I mean? Imagine, and I'm in oh. my 40s. Like, yeah, oh, my God. But imagine how much more detrimental it is to a child who hasn't had the life experience you to know to bounce away from it. Mm -hmm. You know, and so she was telling me how her. Well, how, and hell, if you catch me on a certain time of the month, I'm probably <laughs> going to be like that 12-year-old girl, too. Well, like, so the counselor at school told the parents that she went to her and told her she was harming herself. And her parents were floored. They had no idea. 
they had no clue that their daughter was engaging in this. So now her daughter's 18. She's overcome this. She's mm. a bright girl moving on to college, doing well for herself. Well, now she's got a daughter in middle school, and it's happening already. And she couldn't believe it because she's already bought, battled this one time, and now her youngest is going through the same thing. And it's because these, these apps are run by computer servers, not people. These computer servers have an algorithm programmed by a person, but once the computer begins the process, the hands are off. The man no longer has control of it. The computer, oh my gosh. The you, computer is controlling the rabbit hole that we go down. Like like that, uh, like Snoop Dogg's uh, yes. Corona Down, down the, the hole, hole we all go. I, you know, like I saw that, like, was it yesterday? And I was like, oh, damn, Snoop Dogg the, and his it, wisdom. It's texting and tweeting and dim, 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 dim. Down the hole we all go. Yeah. Man, and it also makes me think of this TV show. It's not on anymore, but I loved it. And it had uh, Jim Caviezel, who was the guy that played. Remember the, the movie about Jesus that Mel Gibson? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A Passion of Christ. Yeah. So he was the guy that played Jesus. So he was in this show. It was on CBS for years. It was called Person of Interest. And it was about um, this computer that would have these algorithms and, and numbers would come up and it could tell if you were going to do something bad or somebody was going to die. You know what I mean? Like something was going to happen. And it just, I don't know, part of that made me think of the wormhole and oh yeah, well, computers deciding stuff and all that kind of nonsense. And, and, and I think that was the other part <clears throat> that was about this show, The Social Dilemma, was that Google, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, all of them, they've got warehouses full of servers that are maintaining all the information of every single person on their app and all the data that is saved under that person. It's in a giant room, a computer server. Some of these are underwater to save on physical space because they're so gigantic and to keep them cool. Oh, my God. It just... That means that all the stuff that we live in our life, every every every. Every time I've texted or checked in on Facebook, or even when I didn't check in on Facebook, all that data of me is in a Facebook server somewhere on a computer saved under a profile number. Well, think about um, uh, just your cell phone in general, right? Oh. So location, we're, we're talking about location. Heart right now and all the other stuff? Yeah. Um, okay, there was that story locally about how there was this young woman that was uh, killed, and they figured out that her cell phone sat next to his cell phone for a certain amount of hours, and that's how they correlated that this guy was probably the person that did it. Wow. It was like they were just near each other for hours. Proximity. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, You oh. know what I mean? Yeah, like that's that nuts. But also that makes me think how big of creatures of habit we actually are. We don't realize it until it's put out on paper in front of us how much time we spend doing one thing or spend in one place or how often we get up and do this same routine every day. Like whenever we would come to work, I guarantee you our first 45 minutes, yours or mine, if you lined it up, looks 90% of the time the exact same thing. But yeah. we would never think that because we just live our life. We don't, we're don't. we not looking at a, at a readout of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. Definitely creatures of habit. And now with the pandemic, it's turned into a Which, different pattern of So taking that one monotony. step further from creatures of habit to what happens when you're that predictable? You're that manipulatable. Oh, Is God. manipulatable? Is that the word? Manipulatable? Uh, uh, like, you open yourself to manipulation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like I'm manipulatable. Like, yeah, like, did you just come up with, like, a George George Bush made-up word? 
I kind of feel like I did a little bit. Strategery. Strategery. So, all right. Well, I guess we go into music from here. Do we have another? Do we? Or wait, how how long are we at right now? We're at fifty minutes. Do we? Should we just pass on the music? No, hell no. Okay. I I mean, sorry, Lauren Elena. Okay, yes, we can listen to Lauren Elena. All right. So, uh, Lauren Elena has her new EP out. And this came out uh, like a, a good month ago. So it's called Getting Over Him. Clearly. It has something to do with an ex getting over him, right? But I listened to the whole EP, and of course my, you did because you love you some Lauren Elena. Can dream. Okay, go on. Yeah. So all right. So the Lauren <laughs> Elena story. This I feel like I've told this story before, and I've definitely told friends. So maybe this will be the longest form story that I've ever actually said. You know, is it was Pasadena Rodeo. Oh uh, yeah. Joe Nichols, <laughs> Lauren Elena, Scott McCreary, and Low Cash. Yeah. I, I think I know where this story is going, and I'm about to laugh. Okay. They were they were playing the Pasadena Rodeo on the rotating stage. The show was called Bull Bash, and I was a little late showing up to the hospitality room, and this is where the meet and greet was happening. So I go into the hospitality room, and I walk over to you and somebody else who is standing there who we work with, and across the room, there's a beautiful gal that I make eye contact with and we'll share a little bit of a smile, and I was like, wow. Pretty sure she was smiling at me. That, that doesn't happen all the time, right? Just but because she's smiling at you doesn't Aaron, mean she wants you. I know my life, okay? Okay. <laughs> and I'm just saying girls don't just straight up smile at me all the time. Well, like, they do if they're nice people. Well, apparently not. You know, in my experience, even the nice ones don't always smile at me, right? Anyways, so obviously she, you know, she caught my eye. Well, then I to find out that's Lauren Elena. Well, at the time, the only song that she had out was What Ifs with Kane Brown. Mm. So in my mind, I was like, oh, okay, that's her. Wow, she's she's gorgeous. I had no idea that was her, you know? And so on goes the day. I'm not – obviously, at that point, I had no real ambition or belief that she was into me other than the fact that she smiled and I felt good about that. That was it, <laughs> right? It wasn't like, oh, man, I think I got a chance. None I can't of that – I can't wait until the next, like – the next paragraph of this story. Yeah, so <laughs> she goes on. Actually, they all go on at the same time, mm-hmm. and they all take turns performing. But basically, it was like a mini 10-man jam. Yeah. But yeah. Very much so. And I walk out to the front row because they have, like, a space between the front row and the rail and the stage. So I'm on the inside of the rail for photographing purposes and whatnot. And I'm standing in the front of the stage. Well, Lauren Elena starts singing her part, and she has a powerful voice. Like, yeah nobody saw that coming, right? Nobody knew that she was about to sing like that. And I remember that night from her performance, that's, she stole the show. Well, while she was performing, she looks down <laughs> at me and begins making facial expressions while she's singing. I see, and you're like... No, oh. no, Erin, no, <laughs> no. I did not. I'm I did sorry, not. I'm sorry, but okay. So this... Aaron, I'm I, not discounting that she was looking at you. Neither am I. However... I did not believe she was looking at me with any intention. I did not want to believe that. But there was nothing else to believe when you see that. So I was like, Nick, don't fool yourself into believing that and somehow. She wants you. Yes, I, that is what was going on in my head. I wasn't saying that out loud. I, I'm holding a camera, mind you. I'm holding a camera. So maybe she's performing for the camera, right? There's, right. In my mind, there's lots of reasons that she is looking in my direction with those facial expressions singing a song. But I'm not believing that it's because I'm so damn handsome that she's like, golly, I'm going to sing to this guy, right? I'm not. Well, I have two thoughts. My first thought is that, and I this isn't a dig at her at all, but 
you know, she's a performer and she's a little bit of a ham. So I can see her being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to zone in on this guy. and To get, her, you, get it going. Yeah, you know, because maybe her zoning in on one guy helps get her. Into the zone. Yeah. Or helps her get a little flirty a little bit. Yeah, it's almost. Like, and then my thought was I, I was mascot in seventh grade. And so I went with the cheerleaders to their dance practices and they made them make these faces whenever they would dance and like they would make them like pucker their lips or squinch their face on certain moves to be more animated for the crowd oh that's interesting well okay and so if you ever Maybe watch I need to try that if you ever watch cheerleaders like professional cheerleaders they're making these crazy faces and wide eyes and and, and they're doing this well it reminds me of mo because she is very animated in her face and, and when she like they would do videos and it makes me think like Oh. Was she a cheerleader? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, totally yeah. then. That, that totally lines up. Yeah. So that was actually what I thought. Mm-hmm. Mind you, my passion and the for this story comes because <laughs> of what happened shortly after. So oh, dear. as I'm digesting this, the guy, kid, young man on the rail in the crowd starts tapping me on the shoulder. And not just finger, like slapping me on the shoulder. Going, bro, she's singing to you, bro. She's singing <laughs> to you. Dude, like, it's like... <laughs> And I want to go back and tell that young man, don't feed the beast. Yes, I was telling him that, too. I'm like, dude, don't do this to me, bro. Don't do this to me because, like, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. And I can't can't go down this rabbit hole with you, bro. I see it, too, man. I see it, too. You know what I mean? Like, we were all seeing it. We were all there. It wasn't. Moral of the story is. She had a boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And she got engaged. And then she broke up with that guy and then ended up dating that other guy that was a a total disaster. Yeah. By the way, that guy has made a recovery in life from that disaster because he got in trouble for, like, being inappropriate um, in in the DMs and stuff. Me too y or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was crossing lines in DMs, apparently. And and while he was in a relationship, it makes it even worse, right? So, anyways, so we'll play the title track, Getting Over Him, and then I'll play the song that I think is the hit. So, this is uh, Getting Over Him, and I'm just going to. Heard from a friend of a friend that she had a reputation. And it sounded like my kind of lonely medication. I was the girl he cheated on, looking for a little bit of neon. So I got drunk, hit you up, and you took the invitation. We were diving. that and john party and her had another song on john party's album called uh don't blame it on the whiskey that i really liked a lot also mm. so they, they work good together i didn't hear the john part we didn't play the john party part but you'll have to go listen to the actual ep to hear that part when it comes to hit music i do believe there's a difference between a great song and a hit song there's a lot of great music that never makes it to be a hit in my mm-hmm. opinion you understand what i'm saying right so this is what i believe to be her hit Let's check it out, I think. Uh, here it is. You can have that coffee shop we went on our first date. You can have that Waffle House right off the interstate. When we'd sober up under fluorescent lights. I'll miss Miss Linda, but hey, that's all right. I'll give you back that sweatshirt, the one that I love. 
Churches, but take it back that little hole in the wall. Red door sign saying, Come on in, y'all. The deep in shots, the bots in the neck, the smoky patio with all my rowdy friends. You can have any bar that you want, but not this one in Midtown. Find a new place to hang out. Better not see you around again. Cause I'm taking my Yeah, you know what's funny? I mean, I like that. I don't know. I feel like I liked the other one better. Oh, the getting over him? Uh-huh. So maybe she has two hits. Yeah. I've... I thought that, yeah. I will say this. I like these songs better than there's one song that might have actually been a hit for her. And I was like, no, oh, maybe it was the ladies or the ladies Oh, ladies the in the 90s. Yeah. Well, I, I thought know, that one I was. I don't know if that was the one. There was one I was like, oh, I'm not, no, I, I'm not sure I'm feeling that. Well, I think that's been the case for Lauren across the board. She's Like I said, that night at Pasadena Rodeo, there was no doubt how big of a star she could be. Like, literally, she took over the, the room. Oh, and, yeah. And, and so that not everyone can do that. Like, that is that – is, I've seen enough acts she to know. She commands a presence. Exactly. Like, yeah. And her voice is so powerful, you don't expect it. It's just so crazy to think, like, obviously she was on American Idol, but she and Kane Brown both came from the same middle school. Like, and they're both incredibly famous and are being, you know, doing so well. Are stars of country music. Yeah. yeah. She's been on Dancing with the Stars and, and a couple other. And by the way, she told me about that in the interview at Tin Man Jam before anybody, but she didn't say what it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be a reality show because she was on a Nashville show that um, had a pilot. There was a pilot to it. And she's actually a really great actress, too. Um, obviously, I'm partial, but she really is a talented person. And I took that from the Pasadena Rodeo. And going back to the whole point of what even spurred that little piece of the conversation, she hasn't had a hit yet, like a, a true bona fide hit. Like She's had great songs, and she's got an incredible voice, and she's amazingly talented and beautiful and yeah, all the things. Yeah, because there was another song of hers but, that came out in the last couple of years that I thought should have totally been a hit, and it just did okay. And I was like, oh, man, that was really good. I like, think and, that might have been doing fine. And then Yeah, it, and I, that was one. The Road Less Traveled. Mm-hmm. And see, Road Less Traveled, nobody really knew her yet. Yeah. And I felt like it was a really deep story about her person about her personally, mm-hmm. and it was such a deep story that people hadn't been able to draw those those lines together. It was almost too soon, if you will, from the from like if that had come out after she'd been on Dancing with the Stars, it might have told a different story or yeah. played a little differently. But I always thought that hit hit music was what was she was missing, and I think she nailed it with the CP. Like, well, hopefully, hopefully, it gets her some some more legs. Yeah, maybe maybe all the record reps can listen to this podcast and be like, man. <laughs> If Nick and Aaron like them, they've got to be big, right? No? <laughs> right. Who knows? So, all right, I think that's a good stopping point, Aaron. Episode 29, it's a wrap. Never miss an episode of Country Not Country with Aaron Austin and Nick Russo. Make sure to download the Radio.com app and subscribe to this podcast. Country Not Country, a Radio.com podcast. Special thanks to executive producers Sarah Frazier and Chase Murphy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.